Father, we bless your name and thank you and worship and adore you. Worthy is the Lamb that dwells upon the throne. Thank you for your love and mercies and goodness and kindness. Your word forever is settled, O Lord, in heaven. Teach us your word tonight. We welcome you, Holy Spirit, King of glory, King of kings, soon coming King. I am that I am. You have never failed. Thank you that heaven and earth will pass away, but your word remains forever. We give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Praise the Lord. I've been getting good uh, uh, feedback from you concerning our series on the superpower of grace last Sunday. Uh, it was very interesting. And I believe that uh, we were blessed. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6. Tonight I want to talk about grace versus righteousness. Write this down. Jesus took our sins and gave us righteousness. Jesus, let's go back to what we're talking about, grace versus righteousness tonight. And somebody took me on another another direction too. Jesus took our sins and gave us righteousness. Go to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. If you want to know the quality of my eyes, just wave $100 from way from, from Lawrenceville Highway. At midnight, no moon, no stars, no light. Just wave it. I'll smell it and see it and fly there in a minute. I'm just, just telling you. So you be careful. Uh, John chapter 1, verse 14. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Verse 16, and of his fullness have, we, have all we received, and grace for grace. Verse 17, for the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Grace came by Jesus Christ. Say that with me. Grace came by Jesus Christ. Now, uh, go uh, real quick to, uh, let's find out where the law came from. Um, Leviticus, no. Since grace came by Jesus, the law came from somewhere. Exodus 32, 28. When Jesus came, grace came. Every other thing before then was a shadow of grace. But the real the substance came when Jesus came. Look at verse uh, 28, Exodus 32. And the children of Levi did according to the word of Moses, and there fell of the people that day about 3,000 men. 
I said it on Sunday, from Egypt to Sinai, none died. After the law, the people began to die. Write this down. The law is designed to push us to depend on God. I said it on Sunday. And I said it today. Jesus took our sin and gave us righteousness. Now this will shock somebody. The law condemns the best of us. The law condemns the best of us. Grace saves the worst of us. Grace saves the worst of us. The law condemns the best of us. Many of us that are saved today, if it were in the time of Moses, would not have qualified. And let me correct those. There's something I said on Sunday that the woman who was caught in adultery, uh, it was like uh, the, the, there was nothing. It was only women. There was nothing in the law uh, that also... How come the man she was sleeping with was let go? Let me give you the scripture because the scripture is very clear. In Leviticus 20.10, men and women caught in adultery ought to die. Both, not only women. Leviticus 20.10, and the man that committed adultery with another man's wife, even he that committed adultery with his neighbor's wife, the adulterer and the adulteress shall surely be put to death. Just on this alone, many of us would have been gone. Because Jesus said, if you think of it, you've done it. Praise the Lord. But God, grace came by Jesus. I said grace came by Jesus. Okay. Um... Romans 7, 7. The law creates sin consciousness. The law creates sin consciousness. And I was sharing with you on Sunday, Autobahn in Germany, there is no law on that road. So you can run as fast as you like. Nobody will bother you. But if they put a speed limit, then there is a law. And then if you break that law, then you sin against that law. So people were marrying their daughters and sisters and brothers and nephews and nieces and three wives and four wives and lying, nobody. There was no law from when Adam sinned and Eve until Mount Sinai, there was no law. But there was conscience. There was the age of conscience and the age of goodness. And God said, no, the way these people are going, we need to put some um, restrictions in place. Acts 2.41. Then they that gladly received this word were baptized, and the same day they were added unto them about 3,000 souls. The day the law was given, 3,000 died. The day that the Spirit of God, the day of the Pentecost, 3,000 lived. Praise God. Grace came by Jesus. Did I say Romans 7, 7? Did we read it? 
Do we look at it? Romans 7, 7. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid, nay, I had not known sin, but by the law, for I had not known lost, except the law has said, thou shalt not covet. He didn't know that, you know, covetousness was anything wrong until he read it in the law. And the law, write this down, the law creates sin consciousness and guilt consciousness. How many of you, when you, if you haven't, um, if, if you, you woke up in the morning and you didn't read your Bible and you went about all day, and when you got home, you felt guilty that you didn't read the Bible? Huh? Huh? That's not the Holy Spirit. I should ask you. Why are you guilty? Because somebody told you that if you didn't read the Bible in the morning, then you're going to have a bad day and you forsook God and you're on the way to backsliding and there's no hope for you and you've sinned against God and you didn't uh, please God. You didn't know before. All these years you didn't read the Bible and you were, you know, in the morning. So, that, that, and I just my was saying it the other day. It's not reading the Bible at that hour, whether you feel like or not, that matters. If it's not convenient in the morning, maybe you do it in the afternoon. If it's not convenient in the afternoon, maybe you do it in the evening. Huh? Because religion says, whether you read it, whether you understand it, whether you comprehend it, just be looking at the Bible of 6.45 every morning. And read two chapters and then say, well, I read my two chapters. Thank you, Jesus. Whether you understand it or not. But you feel that that is religiosity. So the law creates religion. Religion means doing it to please God not to learn anything out of it. You don't get anything. Oh, I just, guess what? I fasted for three days. I mean, to really show God that I'm in business. So all this time you didn't mean business? Amen? Mm -hmm. You can read it in the morning. You may even read it at night and get, and then we've been taught that you must read the Bible at a certain time every day. Hmm? Huh? That's fine. What if you're not able to do it at a certain time? Then you read it another time. And then you go around feeling guilty because you didn't read it at that time? Huh? Many of you feel guilty when you miss a service. Very good. That I'm in favor of it. Yeah. But you shouldn't feel as if, you know, you have to repent in a sackcloth and ashes and, and, you know, mourn and grieve and say, oh, God, forgive me, you know. No. Get the tape, get the CD, call somebody who was in the service, get the notes, learn and let them preach to you. That's even a way of sharpening your skill when somebody says to you, preach to me what pastor preached. By the time you're done, the thing is more settled in your system. That's why you come, we teach you so you can go find somebody and teach them. And they, they think you're doing them a service. They don't know that you're learning the message all over again and putting it in your spirit. Mm. Praise God.
Galatians 2.16. I'm trying to kill this works spirit. This works spirit must die. It's got to die. This works. Galatians 2.16. Knowing then, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ, that we might be justified by the faith of Christ, uh, and not by the works of the law. For the works of the Lord, for by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Put up the, uh, the Amplified Version because it's a very long sentence. Even the Amplified is one long sentence. Oh my goodness. In journalism, this is criminal. This, this can't sell the paper. We will just cut it. We'll just tell you, go and rewrite it. But I can't tell Apostle Paul. Yet we know that a man is justified or reckoned righteous and in right standing with God, not by the works, not by works of the law, but only through faith and absolute reliance on and adherence to and trust in Christ Jesus the Messiah. Notice that. It's not just to believe, but to stick with him and to trust in him. Therefore, even we ourselves have believed on Christ, first stage, in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law. For we cannot be justified by any observance of the ritual of the law given by Moses, because by keeping legal rituals and by works, no human being can ever be justified, declared righteous, and put in right standing with God. So question, did you get it now? Now, this is the question. What is righteousness? Right standing with God. Righteousness is not holiness. They're two different things. Righteousness is right standing with God. When you got saved, you were given the gift of righteousness. Meaning that Jesus took your place on the cross. So when God sees you, he doesn't see you. He sees Jesus Christ. That is righteousness. And you have a garment of righteousness. Big time preachers have mixed it up. Oh, you are not righteous. You are going to hell. No. And then they make righteousness and holiness the same thing. They are not the same thing. Righteousness is automatic once you get born again. You don't need to do anything to get it. Let me show you that. Let me give you the scripture for that. Because some of you are like, really? When you are born again, you get a gift of righteousness. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. You get a gift of righteousness. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 30. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 30. It's a Bible study, so I'm making us dig deep today. Hopefully this seed will not fall to the ground. For of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Wow. That according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. Go back to verse 30. In one package, 
we get wisdom. We get righteousness. We get sanctification. In other words, being separated from the world. And we get redemption when we give our lives to Christ. We get redeemed. We get bought back. By one fell act of giving your life to Christ. Look at how much you're getting. Hmm? You're getting that. On the first day, you say, Jesus, I repent. I give my life to you. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Big package. Now, holiness is a different journey. Holiness is the daily journey of staying pure before God. Righteousness is freely given. Your daughter or your son doesn't need to um, uh, ask you who gave birth to them. You give birth to them. And they know that. You know that. If they wake up one morning and say, Mommy, did you really give birth to me? Then you know that they are talking to somebody outside. <laughs> huh? And then they wake up and say, Mom, is this really my home? Well, Maybe the backyard is your home. <laughs> so there are things that are automatic. Put a seed in the ground. Put a, seed, a man puts a seed in a woman. A baby jumps out. You don't need to pray. Mm. It's automatic. Even Muslims. Even, even rapists. Excuse me. But that's the truth. So when people tell people, it's because you are not praying. That's why you don't have a child yet. How about people who rape people? Do they pray? How about those who molest people and babies jump out? James Robinson, you see him on TV, is a product of rape. The man who raped his mother, we don't even know. He doesn't know. But look how much good has come out of that life. And people say, oh, it's because you haven't prayed, you haven't gotten a husband. How about those who were just going on their way and somebody, a billionaire said, how are you doing, how are you doing? And they said, you know. There was a lady like that, serving on the airplane. Didn't know the man she was serving. The man said, uh, I want to marry. He said, you must be kidding. What do you mean? What? Is that how they marry women? He said, I mean it. He's still married to him. And serious money, too. Uh-huh. <laughs> he said, you connected that. Praise God. So let's, all I'm saying tonight, one of the things I'm saying is, don't think it's anything you do or can do or has done that makes God love you or doesn't love you. I mean, it's so big. Even now, they're still preaching it. Yes. You know, if you don't live right, and if you don't repent, and if you don't confess your sins, things are going to be hard for you. And uh, yeah, yeah, there is, a, when you talk of holiness, we say, be ye holy as I am holy. Without holiness, you can't see the Lord. The holiness is different. Holiness is, you know what holiness is? It's not the length of your skirt or gown. Holiness is obedience. If you obey him all the way, you don't need to be living holy. But we've been taught that holiness is works. Don't watch TV. Don't wear a long skirt. Don't wear a short skirt. Don't wear this. Don't wear pants. Don't wear this. Don't wear, don't do this. Don't do, don't say, don't do, don't wear, don't go. Then go and don't, and don't, and don't, and don't. What is all this don't, 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 don't? Very confused. (laughs) 
Somebody is still laughing at least. Uh-huh. No flesh, for by the works of the law. Go back to Galatians 2.16. I want to get it down in your spirit. Galatians 2.16. For by the works of the law, no f- shall no flesh be justified. That's the end of that verse. Look at the last part of it. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Say that with me. Say it again. Now say it with your eyes closed. For by the works. You cannot please him by works. How can you please him by works when his son has taken your place and pleased him already? That is righteousness. Righteousness, therefore, means receiving what Jesus paid for so that you don't pay for it. Because paying for it is a waste of your money. Jesus paid for it. Just receive it. Right standing. And this is, righteousness is more in the, in the conscience than anything else. It's a, it's a spiritual condition. Many of us, our consciences bother us and torment us, and we think that that is repentance. You say, well, my, my, heart, my heart is just, I, I, I just, don't, I, I, I sinned. I need to really beg God today. And then you put your face under your chair, and oh God, and you beg for one hour, and you come out, and you wash your tears, and you look in the mirror, and your face is not red enough, you go back again, oh God, you know. Righteousness is right standing. Write this down. Righteousness is right standing, not right working. Righteousness is right standing, not right working. Not right working, right standing. Awake to righteousness and not sin. Righteousness consciousness overcomes sin. You've got to fight it by bearing that in mind all the time because the accuser and the enemy will come and beat you down and tell you you did something wrong. That is why something wrong is happening to you. That's a good point. That's where many of us are. When something goes wrong, we think we did something wrong as a result. Huh? Huh? And then you go on a journey, on an inward journey, and you start retracing your steps, trying to search where you missed it. Who did I talk to? Who did I not greet? Did I not read the verse? Did I, uh, oh, you know, it's because I looked at that man. Oh, it's because I looked at that woman. And uh, now you're going back and you're being tormented and harassed. And then you search and search and find nothing. And then you get so upset and you quit. And then you are frustrated. You say, there must be something. There must be something I'm missing. There must be something I did wrong today. The way my boss talked to me, ah, 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 maybe I didn't pray enough. Ah, How about this? You didn't pray and you got there and they gave you a bonus and gave you a raise. And then you say, oh, what did I pray today? Okay, Psalm 21, Psalm 91. 
I'm 23, okay, and I fasted, oh yeah, okay, from now on, every day I will do, and then it becomes a formula, and doesn't work. And then you get mad when you try it again, it doesn't work. Righteousness is right standing, not right working. You don't have to be taught to sin, and you don't need to be taught that you did wrong. You have a conscience. A believer must not struggle with sin. Did, I, did you hear that? Yes. A believer in Christ Jesus must not struggle with sin. Why? When you think victory, you are empowered to live victoriously. If you think sin all the time, you sin more. If you think lie more, you lie more. Yes, ma'am. If you think uh, uh, enough about drinking, you begin to drink. If you think defeat long enough, you get defeat. Oh, you know, there's no hope for me. This is so bad. I don't know what to do with my life. Things are so bad, man. I don't know everything I try. It doesn't work. And I don't know if God is punishing me. And I, I don't know what I've done. Man, there must be something I've done. There's one woman that lives underneath in my apartment. The way she's looking at me, I'm sure she's the one that's doing me hocus pocus. I'm doing voodoo. And, you know, the way pastor looks at me, he prays for some people. He doesn't pray for me. And maybe it's this man I married that, uh, you know. Okay, my time is up. And you're busy thinking all that stuff. And after a while, you get polluted in your spirit. Instead of thinking, I'm blessed. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. My case will not be different. God is working on my case. I'll have what God says I'll have. I'm too loved by God to be left alone. God cannot abandon me. Even when I didn't know him, he cared for me. He kept me. Look what I've been through. And God has been good to me. And he has been so wonderful to me. Look at how many accidents he's prevented, prevented from my life. Look at how many attacks he's shielded me from. Even when I was in my mother's womb, he kept me. And I'm here. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. I will bless you, O Lord. I will bless you, O Lord. With a heart of thanksgiving, I will bless you, O Lord. Say, yeah, that's my pastor's song. And then he said, my pastor loves me. I know he loves me. Must be praying for me now. Let me text him and say, pastor, how are you doing? Uh, actually, I'm not checking on you. I'm just trying to make sure you're still praying for me. Yeah. Yeah. No. Don't you feel good just, just from what I said now? But if you let the enemy get you off the highway, the 285, the 85, the 75, and get you into the ditch... You're now, you have to now dig yourself out. If we find you on time, we may rescue you. So the battle of conscious thinking is constant. And the enemy wants you to think, weigh you down with, oh, you know, it's because you didn't pray. He didn't look at you now, at your age, nothing is happening, no husband, no money, no baby, no car, no house, and this, and look at you, and what do you have to say in this? No, no, wait a minute. 
God, you did that, you did that, you did this. Some of my age mates have cancer, some are dead, some are in mental institutions, some are homeless. Father, thank you that I'm still here. Praise God. If I'm still here, it means you're not done with me. There must be something great you're preparing me for. And I'm glad to just be around. And what can I do for you today, Lord? You know what? I'm just going to spend the next 15 minutes worshiping you, praising you, thanking you that you're still working on my case. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. In fact, let me just call my friend and tell him how good God has been good to me. Oh, remember the other day, our pastor said we should write 30 testimonies. Girl, are you ready for this? Let me just give you 15 of them to just provoke you to know that God has been good to me. Some of you wrote that thing, you don't even know where you kept it now. Mm -hmm. Praise God. Oh, glory be to God. Mm -hmm. That's how you fight it. The law brought sin consciousness. No speed limit, no tickets. Sin activates the latent desire to sin. The sin nature has always been there. Now, this is, where condem this is the work of condemnation. Condemnation leads to fear, which leads to stress and sickness. Condemnation brings guilt. Oh, if I hadn't messed up uh, in 1935, maybe my life would have been different right now. See that? Oh, it's because I messed up 40 years ago. That's why my life is still in a mess. Man, I really messed up. <laughs> and the devil says that to all of us. It's just the only one person is trying to show me that I'm right. The others are pretending that. Yeah. Condemnation leads to guilt. Hmm? It leads to fear, which leads to guilt, which leads to sickness. If he beats you down enough, he puts his sickness on you because the wages of sin is death. And the power of death is sin. No death, no sin, no death. So to make death to work, he has to convince you that you sin and that something is wrong with you. And you say, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. You say, yeah, but remember 25 years ago when you did this and that. And that's why you're still suffering. Because God is now, your sin has found you. That's what they reach to preach to us. Be careful for your sin shall find you. And I would just slide down at the back and say, oh Lord. <laughs> Even my mother knew that scripture. Even my father knew that scripture. My uncle, where are you coming from? Nowhere. You're coming from Nowhere. Okay, if you say you're coming from nowhere, that's fine. But I want you to know that your sin will find you. <laughs> and I just said, oh, Lord. So every day I'm looking and say, sin, have you found me? Sin, you found So if anything went wrong the next day, I say, I knew it. I knew it. My sin has found me. You know what I'm saying? I stopped that with, with the declaration that I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. All things are passed away. All things are become. There's no law that can condemn me. Because the law of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. When Jesus died for me, he took my sin. 
I'm free. Jesus, I, I, I messed up. I, I forgive me. And I receive your forgiveness. And you leave. And you're walking. And the devil says, that easy? That easy? You just say it and you're free? And you knew what you did? And you know how you planned it? And you lied? And you knew you were doing it? And you say, yeah, yeah. you just say you receive it. Yeah, you're deceiving yourself. You're saying we'll find you out. Write this down. Focus on grace and not your weakness. Focus on grace and not your weakness. But pastor, that's a license to sin. You don't need to come to church to be told to go and sin. Focus on grace and not your weakness. Confess the sin and receive his grace. Don't repent. You repented when you gave your life to Christ. You don't have to repent again. Repentance is for, for unbelievers. Confession of sin is for believers. And that's where the war of righteousness now comes in. Romans 6.14 For sin shall not have dominion over you. For you are not under the law, but under grace. Every person born again who believes in Jesus Christ is no more under the law. They are under grace. Say, I'm under the grace of Jesus Christ. Say, I'm not under the law. I'm under grace. That's where you are. This will shock you, but I will say it. Believe that you're righteous even when you sin. How come? Because grace preserves from sin. Believe that you're still righteous even in sin. But that's not the, but uh, how about those who sin and they backslide and they say they will go to hell? Have you been to hell to verify? Somebody told you. Somebody told me to frighten us. The fact that you sin doesn't lessen your righteousness because you didn't do anything to get the righteousness in the first place. I know I'm giving you some mental work, you know, works. It's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but pastor, because I see the way she's yawning, but I don't get it. Uh, you didn't get it. It's like a self-delusion that you're sinning and you know you're sinning and you say you're righteous. Okay. Huh? No, 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 no. You didn't let me finish. Any sin, you're sinning and you're righteous because even before you sinned, you were righteous. Even when you were not born again, you were righteousness because Jesus died. So when you gave your life to Christ, you just received what was paid for earlier. Hmm? So what other sin can pass the sin that Jesus paid for on the cross? This is what you do when you're sinning and you know you're righteous. Confess it. Unconfessed sin is a stain on your robe of righteousness. Unconfessed sin is a huge black dot on your white robe of righteousness. And that is what devils look for. That's what attracts them when you're sleeping. And they attack you because they can see that big blotch on your garment.
That's why the blood of Jesus cleanses us, present continuous, even before we sin, while we're sinning, it's 24-7, it's working, cleansing us. The blood cleanses, the blood doesn't wash away. Cleaning is physical, cleansing is spiritual. So even when you're sinning, while we're sinning, we're swimming in the sin, the blood is working. But if you don't turn around and receive and confess it, then that sin remains. Now, I, when I heard this, I said, well, in that case, I'll sin. Some people, we, when we're young Christians, we say we'll sin. Just before we get to the door of heaven, we'll now repent. And <laughs> Unfortunately, you don't know when they will call for you. You don't know. Many people now say, well, in that case, let me just sin. When I'm 99 and a half, then I will repent. If you get to 99 and a half, because it's sudden when he's coming, when he's going to call for you, nobody knows. We pray that we all live long in Jesus' name. You must be. And hear me, when your righteousness conscious, after a while, your desire for sin dies. You're like, I'm too pure. I'm too righteous. I'm too good to be, you know, just swimming in this pit. That's how I quit womanizing. I just woke up one day and said, I'm, I'm too good, man. All the girls look so ugly all of a sudden. I said, I'm too good. I'm too nice, man. I, I, I'm too clean to be, you know, just going around with this. You don't even know where, where they're coming from, what they drank and what they smoke, smoked. Some of them, their mothers may have been witches, man. Some of them may have been witches. I know your own boyfriend was a saint. First John 1 John 1.7, that's the scripture. The blood keeps clean, cleansing us continually. What makes you think that God is sometimes angry and at other times happy with you? Who told you that? How did you, how, how did you make God happy and how God did you make God angry? See where the accuser comes to mess with people's minds. Sin cannot stop grace. But grace can stop sin. Sin cannot stop grace. But grace can stop sin. For where sin abounds, grace abounds much more. Just to make sure that you don't fall into the pit. Let no one disqualify you by saying the things you deserve because you sinned. And I close with that. Don't let anybody say to you that bad things are happening to you because you sinned. How about good things that happen to murderers and bad people? Sin, I mean, bad things is not necessarily because you sinned. I mean, I said I was going to stop 15 minutes ago so I can go watch the debate and hear am I still talking. I'm teaching, I've been teaching you. See, my time is up already. Sin cannot stop grace. But grace can stop sin. And you must not let anybody beat you down and say that things are not happening in your life because of sin. Mm. 
If it is sin and the Holy Spirit shows you sin, confess it and get rid of it. Why are you keeping it? So that's why he says the sin that you forgive is forgiven. The sins that you, and now the Reverend Fathers took it as a monopoly. No, no. You can forgive sins. I can forgive sins. The sins you remit are remitted. The sins you retain are retained. You didn't say it's only pastors that do that. I have 30 seconds. Huh? If you can get that sin beaten, be, if you can stop the devil from beating you down and telling you things are not happening because you're sinning or you sinned or because of the sins you sinned before, you're free. Everybody has to wage that war. It's called the war of righteousness. Every day. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm born again. I belong to Jesus. The blood of Jesus cleanses me. Cleanses me from all unrighteousness. Okay, I have a question for you. Let's close with this. You're talking of the sins you know of. How about the ones you don't know of? Huh? Because if a man thinks he's righteous, that's when he becomes unrighteous. How about the sins you didn't know? How about the things you didn't even know that you did wrong? I remember one day when I was going to ministry, the Lord said to me, fast for three days and three nights, and I will show you something. On the early morning of the third day, he woke me up and said, begin to write. I wrote over 200 sins. I said, what are these? He said, on the account of any of these, I could easily have killed you. Most of them... Your sins in your father's house that you're not aware of. Now repent for all of them. And I did, praise God. And that was it. And then the devil came back and said, I said, ah, no, I remember the day that the blood took care of it. You cannot bring me back to the prison when I've been delivered and brought out of liberty. Praise God. So don't think that grace is just, uh, no, it's a fight. It's a battle. That's a good one. War, the good war of grace. Because the law and sin and the consciousness of sin and guilt and condemnation are real forces designed to shoot down your airplane of grace. Thank you, Jesus. Did you receive anything? Let's give the Lord a hand clap. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God.